We have two guests that are going to make a presentation tonight, and it's Sarah Cook yes. and Ryan Hudson. Ryan Hudson. Hudson, yes. And they are paranormal investigators, commonly known as ghost hunters. <laughs> they have done a, a ghost hunt at our museum. It was interesting to watch and see what's going on. So we'll turn the time over to them. Let them make a presentation. Is the lighting okay, or do you want us to dim the lights? Or um, I maybe would dim them just because that way people can see that easier. Because I know it's kind of hard for me to see it, like, and I'm up this close. But <laughs> John, can we dim the lights a little bit? Yeah. Oh, see, that's so much better, right? <laughs> Well, I just got to say, I'm so happy I remembered the Pledge of Allegiance, so I don't think I've done that since I've, I was in grade school because they got rid of it. <laughs> I always wondered if I could still do it. Um, so we are with Hidden Realms Paranormal of Salt Lake City, and we're going to start off with just giving us, uh, doing a brief introduction about ourselves and what we do, how we got founded, and we'll start from there. I do have some equipment out. That's a motion sensor light. Um, since it is dark, it notices movement. It turns on. We use that all the time, especially when we're in a big, long building and the other end, we know that there's activity, but we're, we just want to see what's happening. And when it turns on, it's always just like, yes, we got something. Um, we have a haunted, semi-haunted doll. It owned, was owned by one of our teammates with some equipment up, and we have a rim pod over there. So if you hear anything go off or see it light up, feel free to just be like, oh, light or you know, I heard a noise or something because that's how we track our evidence. So this is Nate. Uh, this doll did belong to Nate. This doll's name is George. We got him from a place called Needful Things on State Street in Murray, which is no longer there. They got uh, kicked out by the owner's daughter. Uh, but Nate died last year, and he's still very present with us at investigations. We will get him all the time coming through and in fact, the last investigation, um, <laughs> he actually scared some people off because he was just having fun, and I could hear him laughing and just being like, I've always wanted to do that. <laughs> so it's it's really a fun time. We have a good time. And I love the fact that doing this, I know that there is life after death, which is something that we're supposed to believe as Christians, and that's one of the reasons I got really into this. And then we have Ryan. My name's Ryan. Um, I got into the paranormal years ago. I've probably been doing this for two decades. Um, and it kind of just all started with curiosity when I was a kid. You know, you would have some weird things that were unexplained that you couldn't figure out. Um, and I just constantly would see that kind of stuff growing up. And then when I got into high school, I actually got had friends who were you know wiccan and things like that anyways they kind of got me more into actually researching and looking for this kind of stuff and then from there i just kind of ran with it um been with three or four different paranormal teams over the last two decades give or take um and of course now i'm here on hidden realms with my fiance here um other than that that's about me sums it up born and raised here in utah um been here my entire life uh yeah. <laughs> and I'm Sarah, which you guys should know by now. <laughs> uh, 
so I actually did not start doing paranormal investigating until about 2016. However, as a child, I remember my great grandmother being at this uh, rocking chair that my grandparents had at their house at my mother mother's parents. And I remember her being like, oh, just come here, come here, give me a hug. I, you know, I'm so happy to see you. Tell me. And I remember just going over there and there's this rocking chair. She's sitting in it as clear as you guys are sitting in front of me. And I didn't find out until my teens that she actually died in the 70s and I was born in 1980. So to me, that was just like, whoa, I've seen angels. I've had experiences with demonic, which those are not fun, but I am no longer afraid of them because of my belief in Christ. And I don't know. I just, uh, Nate and I got on a team called Badass Spirits Outlaw. Outlaws, yeah. Yeah, it's been so long. They disbanded. A couple of the members that own the team have passed on, and there's still a few that are alive. But that's kind of where I started, and Nate was on that team with me. So we met on that team, and then he said, I want to start a team. Do you want to come be on this team with me? And I started as just an investigator, but ended up taking on more of a admin role than I was anticipating. And from there, it just kind of grew. We've been doing this since 2020, and I don't know. We have a good time. <laughs> And this is our complete team at the moment. So we have uh, Jen, her daughter Mary's here in the middle. They actually have their own team called Paranormal Girls out of Ogden. Brady's on their team. We're on their team. As you can see, we all get very involved with each other <laughs> and spend a lot of time with each other. Uh, Genevieve's new. She's on the top. And we are missing Melissa and Lindsay. Uh, Melissa was sick this day, and Lindsay's out because she's got um, – she's – just had a baby and I told her I don't want you to feel like you have to come back right away like a mother knows when it's time that they can spend time away and I'm not going to force you to come and do this right when you're pregnant or having a baby or something so so yeah that's our little team this was Vincent Grist Mill we do this every year we have a lot of fun anything you want to say about Vincent uh like she said we do it every year we always seem to get good evidence from there uh from one person or another you know, there's there's people that say that there's negative stuff there, but I've investigated for 10 years over there off and on. I've never had anything like that. But there is a lot of interaction that we've caught between what we assume are some of the workers that may have passed on in the mill during the time uh, to even some of the extended family that may have been there at one time or another. Um, we use a couple of different tools. One of them is a program on a computer called PhasmaBox which is essentially a kind of a word dictionary that in theory a spirit could manipulate to a certain word or phrases that would allow them to communicate to a question that we ask like what's your name you know what year do you think it is just generalized questions like that um, and a lot of the times we get <clears throat> we get correlations with the responses in the areas that we are with different things there, but I, I love Benson Grist. I mean, the, the, the mill itself is cool. I like old school or not old school, old places like this, but it's got some pretty good activity that we've had over the years. So. Yeah. And the, the last time I was out there, I went to one of the smaller cabins cause I never really get a chance to investigate. So I went out with a different team and I opened the door and I'm like, Oh, there's a woman named Becky in here. And I just get these random names. 
when I went and started walking around that little cabin to see, you know, what the pictures said and everything, they actually had a woman named Rebecca whose stove, or sorry, no, it was not Rebecca. It was Elizabeth, and I got Beth. But <laughs> I get a lot of names, so it's hard to keep track. Um, Rebecca was out there the second night. But, yes, so it was actually Beth's stove in the corner of this cabin. So that was kind of really fun to see that. And I don't know. We had, yeah, we the, just. <laughs> the only time I've ever been, this is just a little tidbit. The only time I've ever been scared out here is when we did this about two years ago, we were told by staff out there that there's a skunk running around. So just be cautious and make sure you, you know, you watch where you're going. <clears throat> the entire night we didn't see nothing and it totally just back of the mind, uh, effect and then as we were closing up the buildings and walking <laughs> I was closing up the smaller cabins and I went to turn the corner and there's a skunk right there and I I froze I butt puckered and, and oh, walked God. away oh my gosh okay. so that's the only time I've been scared there <laughs> but that was yeah that was entertaining oh and we do have team shirts like I have mine on they, it was very cold so we are all pretty much covered up but that's one thing that we do have that we usually wear when we go out to things like this, just so if we're working with people, they know who we are. Um, so what we do, one of my favorite things is definitely education. Like doing little events like this is so fun for me. We used to do something called psychometry at that same store, Needful Things, because it was an antique slash thrift store. So you would be like, I, you know, fill this item, what am I picking up from it? And then again, we use our equipment to find that correlation. If you're just getting random stuff, but you don't have something to back it up, that's nothing, can't do anything with that. Um, one of the, I think one of the more entertaining times is they did have a section up in the front where they kept utensils. And I was like, Jennifer from Badass Spirit Outlaws was like, uh, what are you going to get? And I said, I'm going to go get a spoon. Oh, they're right over there. And I said, no, this spoon's going to be in the very back room. I'm looking for a spoon back there. And that's where they kept the Christmas stuff. And I actually did find a big metal spoon back there. So we had something happen where two or three people kept seeing the same bird. And they went and got this bird, which they said, yes, that's the bird we were seeing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we, we do a lot of that kind of stuff. Cold cases. We will pull out... Uh, city maps. So we have, you know, Provo, Orem, Salt Lake City, topographical just maps. And we'll use pendulums to see if we can locate where a person is or identify what's going on. The celebrity ones we would do were really fun. Yeah. Um, the Black <clears throat> Dahlia, I don't know if you know that case in, in LA, but it was an early actress in the early 1900s yeah. that kind of was butchered and they a child and a mother founder and I had somebody it was just like I see somebody that's in a field and they're chopped up and they have this extended smile and I like open the paper and sure enough it was the Black Dahlia was just or Marilyn Monroe is another one we did Kurt yeah. Cobain so we we do some fun ones but we also do ones that are local and I have a, the probably the worst experiences that I have for me is because I do see things in the back of my head and I'll just blurt things out, like, here's what I see. But we had a person who called me asking about a woman who was missing out of Riverton. And I said, oh, she's she's dead. You're going to find her by the river. I said, I think she was being stalked by somebody. And sure enough, she had a stalker and she had died and they found her body by the river. So those are always the really hard ones, not only because I'm telling somebody that I think that their person is dead, that they have hope for, but also because I see it, I experience it as that person, and that is definitely 
not a fun discernment to have, but it does come in helpful for people that really want answers. Public investigations, uh, like the one we just had was Benson Gristmill. We've done that. We've done Camp Floyd. Um, I've done Fort Douglas in the past, but not with this team. Yeah, I've done that on the second Petit Let's see, Saltera, like there's just different places that you can go where we can open it up to a group of people. And we tried to charge a small amount. We consider it a donation, but we use that money to actually help do the house cases that we get because those people are in lots of need and they're not calling us because it's fun for them and they want an investigation. They're calling us because they need somebody to come help them. They've usually reached out to their church or to a bishop or, you know, somebody that they know that's religious and they'll just come over and say, well, the war's been won. <laughs> the battle's won. What are you, what are you worried about? Just don't acknowledge it. Meanwhile, they got kids that are waking up screaming in the middle of the night terrified or they're having bad nightmares and different things like that. So we use the money from the public investigations to fund these private and home investigations with just buying batteries, buying, um, Sometimes we will get holy water from the Vatican or blessed crystals and, and different things like that. To Depending help. on the faith of the household. It, yeah, it does depend on the faith. If Faith plays a big, big, important role because if you don't believe in anything, then you have nothing to stand on. You have no foundation. And if you don't believe in what it is that's being done, it's not going to do any good. I could go out there and, you know, do the whole thing with a certain faith, but it, it all comes down to what the person in the household is going to believe and focus on to keep that, I guess, growing, like kind of like a circle of protection, right? You have to kind of know what it is that you are thinking about and doing because our words do have power and our thoughts have power. And then we go out just for fun. We will go out just as a team and... One time we went to what they call, it's called the witch's tree out in Minden. Supposedly, they say like in the late 1800s, there was a woman who was hung for being a witch out there. And I don't know if she necessarily was a witch. How would you even know that? There's not really even some documentation. You can find a little bit of articles online, but not much. But we went out there and while I didn't have any issues, Ryan was with a group of men while us ladies went to the bathroom and they all saw something. We, the, the best way that I can describe it is just two pair of red eyes that were just kind of all over the place. Um, another really interesting thing was, is we had some of our teammates had set tents up farther down the road a little bit. And one of them was right next to the tree. And she, our investigator had put, what was it that she had there? Was it sage that went missing? Yeah, she had, well, she decided she wasn't going to stay in her tent, first of all, because she saw a thing with glowing red eyes, like Ryan described. And she's like, Sarah, can I come stay in your tent? I was like, I guess, that's no problem. But she had collected sage, and it was in a bag. And, yeah, and the next morning she went to go take down all her stuff, and the bag was completely removed from her tent. And a couple of us who were in, I, I was in the back of my truck, but we felt like something was like walking around the vehicle, like it was either touching, just watching us, nothing negative or anything like that. But there was a few of us that had that kind of feeling. It was me and John. and Actually, I think everybody did except for me because I take Ambien to go to sleep, so I was out cold. 
Although lately I've been waking up with things next to my bed, like a can of olives, <laughs> you know, the ambient, the ambient eating is, is great. <laughs> we also, we, <clears throat> we also do go out here to Merker quite a bit. Um, I'm sure you guys probably have heard of it out there. That's a pretty good place to just go and kind of, we've had activity out there. Before. Yeah. We got a little girl <laughs> in our tent. We got a photo of that where you can see she's had little bangs. And she's just in the corner, and the, I have a giant tent. It's, it would fit a king-size bed. And then I just have a blow-up uh, bed on a frame in the middle, so everything on the sides was completely empty. There should have been nothing that was photographed there, but but we got that, so that was fun. Minden is kind of, if you're going towards Logan, but not all the way, and it's up on the left side in the mountain area. It's just as you're dropping into Cache Valley right there and where the road kind of flattens out. If you head, I guess it would be north, northwest, as the road turns off. It's up on that hillside over there. I'm glad you know because I just have a GPS yeah. drop paint. <laughs> so a lot of people ask why we do this. One, I love helping others. It's a great hobby. It's, it gets expensive, but it's a fun thing to just do when you yeah. get friends. And I actually had no friends. I moved here from, I lived in Alaska and California and I moved here. I was going to college. I couldn't get anybody to talk to me at all. It was like there, you guys, I hate to say it, but Utahns, when you guys are in like that age group, you stay in little cliques. <laughs> and I was like, hi, please. I need friends. I need friends. So it wasn't until I started getting into ghost hunting that I actually started making friends. And now my friends are as close to me as my blood family so so that's one of the reasons why i love doing it and i love educating people like i said i love doing these kinds of talks and classes and all sorts of stuff and helping people of course is great too i, I love at the end of an investigation when they call you in a week or two and they're like i've had no activity and it's great thank you so much my kids are sleeping this is the best we've slept in a month <laughs> you know that's that's what we like to hear is that kind of stuff yes so what is paranormal, right? Is it just ghost hunting? Does anybody have an idea of what that word actually means? Outside of normal. Outside of normal, yes. Yeah. So, yeah, we're looking at events or situations outside the scope of modern science, which is outside of reasoning to most people. And it's not just ghosts. We have uh, UFOs. Hauntings, Bigfoot, Loch Ness Monster, that could be considered paranormal. Cryptids of different Cryptids. kinds. Cryptids. Yeah. Supposedly. There's quite a few sightings yeah. all through here. I know there's a lot up by uh, Colville as well, too, up in Camas. They've had quite a few sightings up over there. Provo Canyon's had a lot, Canyon too. has as well, too. Yeah. Um, a lot of alien sightings, too, as well. Duchesne County out that way. I don't know if some of you have heard the, about the Skinwalker Ranch and all that TV show before that got all popular. But out there in Duchesne, um, the whole basin out there is just kind of an active hot spot of different people will either see UFOs or whatever they call them now, UAFs or Yeah, it has a different like name than, than that um, now. They changed it. But I have a friend that actually lives out in that area, and he's told me some stories of what he said were portals that opened up in the sky, something coming out and something walking through. It's, it's crazy. You know, it's all, it's all everybody's own perspective on it. There's no so, solid evidence to say per se, but 
a lot of the people that live out there uh, tend to experience weird stuff or have some really good stories to tell you, if anything else, about the type of activity that goes on out there. But it's it's all over Utah and everywhere else. But Duchesne, for some reason, seems to be a pretty good activity mm-hmm. active spot here in Utah. Yeah. So so yeah, it's pretty much anything supernatural that science has got to explain, and you don't really see it visually with your eyes. For the most part, some people do, but not everybody. So do you guys ever pick up anything from, like, ruins? Um, like Indian ruins or Anasazi Fremont, that old? Uh, sometimes. Um, I have my great, like, I don't know how many greats, but she's actually my spirit guide. Her name is Sequoia. And she was, like, my great, 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 great grandmother. <laughs> she wants to say, I have a picture of her somewhere. But... She comes through quite a bit, and we have certain equipment that all of a sudden you'll hear. Anytime I'm around and she's around, you will get an Indian lady singing. She's always humming, and they're like, we never get this unless you're here. Um, And I've had Nate and my friend Mary have all seen her as well. So we do get a lot of that stuff. And, yeah, you'll you'll go places, and it's you just kind of – your spidey senses, if you want to call it that, you learn to pick up on the things that most people tell you to ignore. You just stop ignoring them. <laughs> I don't necessarily myself go looking in those areas just out of respect of the tribes and everything because of the history passed with them. But I've, there's there's areas all over that you know they were and you didn't know. But as far as like known burial grounds and places like that, I I myself just try to avoid them just out of respect. Mm-hmm. to it and that's that's another thing too with this kind of stuff is being respectful when doing it um you know if i'm sure people have, you guys have seen ghost adventures and all that stuff and when they start yelling and provoking and using profanity and all that stuff you know these these were people at, at one time that were flesh and blood they want to be treated just like you would any other person living right now you know so that at least that's my take so. yes that's that's true we we never, in our, at least for our team, we won't use Ouija boards. We won't use anything that we're trying, you know, we try to keep it very respectful and we try to leave the place cleaner than when we came. But also, unless, of course, we have something that is doing harm to others, like if we have, for example, we had a house case where they had this male ghost that was like a pervert ghost that was scaring the little kids and then they were urinating their bed. In that case, that that one did not want to leave, so we had to use force to get it out. (laughs) Yes, the ghost had um, ectoplasm. (laughs) No, it was the little kids. (laughs) He had a really shy bladder, and it just didn't happen. Um, But most cases, it's just like, you know, your grandma or your grandpa, and they're like, Hey, I'm here. I'm just, and they're not hurting anybody. It's just because people were always told since we're little, don't, you know, that's not real. It's, you're imagining that. And so we stop allowing ourselves to really believe it, what it is that we're seeing and feeling. And so we'll just come in and we'll validate what the person's feeling. And as long as it's not harming them, we're not going to force that spirit or entity to leave. So I, I hope that kind of makes sense, but. Yeah, any time that you go to any place that's old, you're going to experience that if you are open. But you also have to be skeptical. Yes? Can you tell whether it's good or bad? 
Do you want to? That's that's a a lot of that's a. I'm trying to think of the the right answer for this. That is a kind of a broad, not a broad. What am I trying to say? Being that specific, it kind of depends. Yeah. You know, there may you may have a spirit that interacts you know nicely with one person because maybe they're putting off good energy and that spirit likes that, and then the spirit comes across another person that is giving off not such good energy that likes, that it may look like it has malice or intent to it. Um, I would say probably 99% of what people experience is not anything negative per se. It's just how the environment of what is going on is reacting back to them. Um, but there are, I mean, there are demons out there all that kind of stuff. Not everything is a demon, but there is a there are demons. Right. But that. But if we also yeah. have a way of identifying a possibility of what spirit might be, so if it was a criminal in life, you know, who hurt people and did stuff like that, theory is that same kind of mentality and energy transfers over to the other side or wherever they're coming from. Um, so if they were mean in life a lot of times they tend to stay mean in the afterlife mm -hmm. you know again it's all on and we would never for example ask are you a good spirit or are you a bad one or whatever because our theory is let's say that you ask charles manson well are you good or bad i'm great i'm god so is that is he good or is he bad? you know what i mean so we kind of have to really pay attention to those kinds of things. And again, it, it's, we're taking a collective of everything that we get. Um, are, are they scratching, biting? Are there terrible smells? I mean, they could have just been a smelly ghost and maybe that just stayed with them. However, those things usually tend to go together. Um, and then I actually did have um, a demon encounter of my own, which was very personal and very terrifying at the time. And I learned a few things, which one of them being, if it is a demon, they show themselves, but they don't show themselves in a way that's 100% accurate. So they will have a deformity. So if they appear as your great-grandmother and they're like, hey, remember me, they're going to always look somewhat off. Like they'll have a pinky that's bent backwards or something like that. And there's this old story about... Saint, what was the girl's name? The French girl. Ooh, you're asking the wrong you know, person on the, that one. Do you guys know who I'm talking about? The one? No, although that is my saint. Um, no, the one that fought for France that they, they, oh, they Joan, of Arc. Joan of Arc. Thank you very much, Joan of Arc. So, so she supposedly said that she had an encounter where Mary appeared to her, and Mary said, "I want you to stop." doing what you're doing. I want you to start, you need to worship me. And knowing the fact that no angel and, you know, nothing, nothing is going to say worship me. They're going to say worship God, not me. I'm not, I'm not God. You need to worship God. And so she said, I want you to show me your feet. And when the thing showed her her feet, they were all deformed. And then it supposedly like got demon wings and then flew away. So, so that's one of the stories that always kind of stuck with me because I was just like, wow, you know, you got to think about, are they showing them their true selves to you? And there are, like they, they said, Lucifer was light. He was the most beautiful thing. So yeah, they can appear very beautiful, very normal, but because they have 
disassociated that connection with God, they can't 100% fully become what they're trying to become anymore. So we have some early recordings of paranormal. Oops, I went too far. All right. So we have uh, this person called Pliny, and this was a Roman author, and he recorded an account of basically the rattling chains ghost that you guys would think of normally. Like, I saw this old see-through ghost, and he had those chains on him, and he was rattling. Then we have Lucian and Platus, who wrote also some ghost stories. And then in 56 AD, they recorded the farmhouse in Germany, which had poltergeist, which is noisy spirit. And poltergeist is usually not something that was ever human. It's created. If you think of Charles Dickens, he was notorious for really making his characters come to life as he was writing the books. And people in his staff would actually see like Scrooge, but Scrooge was never real. It was because of the fact that he brought this on by his thinking and his talking about him and making him real that he created a spirit that was never a human spirit. I don't know if that, hopefully that helps for a good description for Poltergeist. It's kind of a weird one. This is always an interesting question. TV, film versus reality. I'll let you take that one. Oh, joy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, with TV shows, of course, again, we'll use Ghost Adventures as a uh, prime example. Um, A lot of what you see on that is overplayed. Um, Oh, geez, where do I even start with this? Well, we know that they were just at that slice place in Ogden. Oh, yeah, they were. They were. So they were just out here in Ogden just this last week, I think, or two weeks ago. And they have a whole staff that comes out and films everything for two nights or so before Ghost Adventures ever comes out. Then Ghost Adventures comes out, and they're like, we were here for one night. Well, yeah, you three were here for one night. (laughs) But most of what it is that they're getting is recorded by other people. They they will tend to, and there's areas here in Utah that they've been to two or three times. I know they've been to a, a Fear Factory down in Salt Lake on 660 South or West, whatever that is. Um, and that, that place in itself has a lot of activity taking out of it. Um, but with TV shows, of course, they're going to point it towards, you know, views, clicks, all that kind of stuff. K2's going off. Yes, it is. Um, and so they... <laughs> well, yeah, that one's because you knew. <laughs> they, they'll, they'll totally focus it around, you know, getting attention. The K2's that one. Attraction to the, watch the TV kind of thing. Um, but, for instance, like when they say, we caught a Class A EVP and this and this, and you can hear this little garble of audio that they've pulled out. There really is no grading system on what EVP types are, which is electronic voice phenomenon. I mean, if it's super clear, okay, sure, you can say that's a class A EVP, but this whole list of, we have a class A EVP, and then at the same instant you see this orb of something fly away as we experience this. With me and orbs, I hate to tell you, I hate them. It's dust 99% of the time, and it's catching the light in the camera. 
that kind of thing. But, you know, I leave that open to interpretation for everybody, just myself. That Cobwebs, that's another one. Cobwebs as well, too. If you see, you know, strands of light, that kind of thing. Could be cobweb, could be bug kind of thing. Uh, film, you know, Hollywood's notorious for over-glorifying everything. I've only experienced, not experienced, I've only seen a few films the, I guess you would consider horror films that I actually enjoyed because they stayed pretty down to earth, at least in the experiences that I've heard people have that were good. But then you've got, what was that one that we just saw? Well, haunting in Venice or something oh, like that. Yeah, one. the Haunting in Venice. That one was, the... that one was actually pretty good. It was, it's kind of a psychological, uh, that's the Agatha Christie one with the guy with the mustache. Yeah. Um, but versus reality, the other thing too, with, you know, these TV shows is they go one place for maybe a night or two and they catch all this evidence. You know, we caught this picture here, this picture here, where in reality, <clears throat> people who go out and do this like us, they can visit a spot nine or 10 times and not have a thing happen to them. And then, you know, the 11th time something maybe moves or they hear an EVP or something like that. So it's, it really is a lot of patience and waiting and sitting around and that kind of stuff. In reality, uh, the ghost hunts are not going to be as intense as reality shows tend to make them. Yeah. And uh, we're not usually like, Oh my gosh. Oh, Oh, did you yeah. see that? <laughs> so uh, you will hear sometimes we get kind of loud because Normally, if like right now I have a microphone on me and I know Jared's going to have that and it's going to come up with Sarah talking super loud, but I want you guys to all hear me. So if I'm showing you something that I'm wearing on my shirt, it's going to sound like I'm like that, but that's not, we don't ever send somebody like go in there and sit by yourself in the, and you know, know, all of it's open to each one of your interpretations. This is just my opinion on these kind of things, but having interacted with some of these shows just from secondary third people there's it's way overblown and they you know have been known to fake evidence i'm not casting shade it's just yeah we will not name the one who shall not be named but let's just say that we do have uh very close sources who have said they have asked me to fake something and then they came up on the show about 10 times and yeah. we're wondering why people think that what we do is a joke. So in, to sum this up, TV show film versus reality, there's a lot of waiting and waiting and waiting with reality versus the TV shows. And granted, yes, they're all edited to fit into an hour slot or whatever time frame that is. Um, so it's, that's kind of the give and take with it, so to speak. Yeah, and then if you imagine, right, you have your body cam, your handheld cam, um, a tablet that's going, plus maybe three different voice recorders, and that's just your equipment, just yours, and you're investigating for six hours. You now have to go through 30 hours of footage, which you're just listening to static, not much of anything. It's just, and then every once in a while, you'll get something, and you have to kind of go back and well, I didn't hear that on this one. Wasn't on this one. There's a certain way that you're supposed to take photos. There's just a whole lot that goes into it, but we do it a certain way because we want it to be as accurate as we can get. And one of the rules that I have as far as the evidence that we will show people 
unless it's actual evidence, we're not putting it out there. I'm not going to zoom in a million times into a field to show you something that even if I show it to you, you can't make out. That's not going to make sense. That is what we call uh, matrixing. It does have a psychological word for it, which I, of course, am power, drawing. Power of suggestion a lot of times with that as well. Too. But basically your eyes, it's like when you look <laughs> at a cloud and you're like, that cloud looks like a giraffe. You're, you know that's not a giraffe. It's a cloud. But your mind is interpreting what you see to try and make sense of it with something that you know. And so you'll get people that, you know, Zoom in, zoom in, zoom in until it's a fully pixelated <laughs> times a hundred and, and it's nothing. And it is, it's a lot of sitting around waiting and you're not getting much of anything. And it can be quite boring. It's not as go, 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 thrill, thrill, thrill evidence all the time as they make it out to be on these shows and, and I've not even seen anything as close to being as scary as some of what puts out there. I think for me, the best ones are the ones that have to do with the Warrens, which a lot of people don't like them, but I like the fact that they were very scientific about their approach. They kept a very detailed diaries about what was going on. Um, one thing, for example, if you're looking at uh, demons and you want to say, is this a demon, a bad, bad spirit or whatever, there was a house case in England where just that house alone, and it had houses next to it, and even the police were standing there going, we cannot believe what we are seeing, and it had rocks raining down on this house. Just that house. That right there is a very clear sign that that is not something good that's happening on your property. So. Then we have science versus supernatural. So... Again, with science, it has to be measurable. What I see, I believe. That's why you have a lot of scientists who do not believe in God because they cannot see God, so therefore they do not believe in God. But that is not what faith is. They want to believe that those of us who do experience, whether it is, you know, your five senses, you can taste, smell, touch, or more so that you feel like you've been touched, not that you're touching it, see and hear, if that happens and you're like, I be totally believe what I just witnessed, then they're going to say, well, you have a mental illness and we need to treat it by putting you in the mental hospital. So always be careful who you say what to, I would say, most of all. Uh, they believe that psychics and mediums, all of them, are 100% trying to take advantage of people and they're making up what they can. They're relying on... Not an illusionist, but what is the word I'm looking for? Mentalist. Mentalist. Yeah, so like Chris Angel kind of thing. They're very good at reading what people are, you know, I'm moving forward, therefore I'm listening, so I'm saying something right. So they're picking up on those body languages. And so kind of like back in the spiritualist movement, that was in 1848. And then from there it kind of went on, but that's where they started, you know, experimenting with doing seances and... From there, it became photos with spirits in them. Um, so they started seeking out to make sure, how do we debunk this? Because we don't want to have people believing this and being taken advantage of. And they also, they consider us to be a pseudoscience. But they also consider psychology to be a pseudoscience. But yet they also tell us we need to go to therapy and counseling so that we have good mental health. So is it a science or not a science is what I would say. Versus the supernatural, um, I would say investigations and investigators are not all created equal. 
we all have our own way of doing things. And like Ryan mentioned, there are going to be people who fake evidence. And yes, that is not accurate. And yet people will either believe it or not believe it. And then that makes it really hard for those of us who don't want to fake evidence because now we have people who automatically believe we're faking it. Uh, let's see. We believe that activity occurs where there is an abnormal amount of electromagnification. So basically there is an over-electrical charge. A, a good example of something like that would be if, say, a person has their bed against the wall that has the breaker box to the panel of the house that has all the electricity going there, and they're saying they're feeling weird sensations and they're seeing things or feeling weird, there's a good chance that that static charge that's being emitted off of that is essentially kind of screwing with their senses and making them yeah, not and actually, what's going on. We can kind of show you this too. So this is the K2, and it should be down here. When you go to somebody's house, you shouldn't get anything. However, if you go up to, let's see, where do we want to go? Okay, yes, very good. So if we go up to something electrical, it's going to go off, and it gets higher and higher. In very old houses, that thing will be up on five, and then they'll, they'll have their washer, dryer there, their whole unit, and they'll say, I don't know why I get really sick and nauseated. And there's actually a whole list of uh, symptoms. that It's probably like two or three columns of lists. Yeah of all these things like nausea, um, hallucinating, <laughs> feeling Dis sick, disorientation, you know, disorientation. Um, out of body experience, that kind of thing. Another, another place that you, we tend to have people have these kind of experiences is in a lot of the older homes, especially kind of about the 1940s up, you know, the shielding on the wiring then isn't what it nearly is now. So old wiring can cause an effect, which is called a Faraday cage, which it's a copper cage with electricity running through it, but essentially it creates a spot where no outside type of energy or signals can come through and interfere with what's going on in the center of it. So if you're in the house and it's an older house that has that, you essentially kind of have that same effect going on. So they could be the only one experience it because they live there sleeping there and anyways, that's kind of the, the thought process behind yeah. it. We we had a house case where the guy was a former military vet, and he had wires just thrown across every inch of ceiling and hooked up to TVs and everything everywhere. And he goes, I don't know why I'm feeling this in my entire home. Well, that's probably the reason why. And we can't really go in there and tell you what's going on because – Unless you take all of this down and see if there's a difference, most likely that is what is going on. Yeah. And then he became obsessed with always looking at his footage of everything he recorded, and that became a whole that will become a whole thing. So there there's a lot that goes into it. Um, as far as like with science, they use the scientific method. I would say what we do is we try to not only measure it, which that's what they do. They're analyzing and measuring. But we also rely on our five senses and how it corresponds with the history of the property. So, yeah, maybe we're not getting a lot. I would say 99% of the time we don't get anything. But when we have something that hits all of those markers, 
that's when you're like, okay, this is something that I cannot explain, so I cannot debunk it, so therefore we're going to consider it supernatural. Um, one of my favorite ones is probably I went to a house case in, I think it was Murray, with a different team. I couldn't find the house because it was in this, like, weird back alley. And I'm like, before I got there, I'm like, Orville Redenbacher, Orville Redenbacher. And I'm like, that's so weird. Called them up. I'm like, I can't find the house. But can you ask them, does what Orville or Redenbacher, does that ring, you know, it ring any bells? No, it doesn't. At the end of the night, we were like, well, let's cross over anybody that wants to cross over. And um, on our Phasma box, which we'll turn that on for you guys later, it came up. This woman came on and said, come on, Orville, time to go. And so that was one of the really cool ones that validated something that I was experiencing and hearing on the inside of my head that now I have a vocal person for no reason saying it. Look at the KT keeps going off. Oh, yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> and you know that's the big thing is not only do we have to keep an open mind we have to be skeptical minded as well and we have to try and debunk that's probably one of the bigger things we take that's... photos in threes so that we can go was this something that was there all the time or did it get stronger as the photo was coming through we'll do a walkthrough beforehand with house cases Specifically, that starts off with somebody calls us and says, hey, I got something going on in my house. I'll do a quick 20 minute. Is this an emergency situation or can I come out, you know, when I have time in a week? I'll come out and then we will do a complete walkthrough, usually during the daytime if we can. Sometimes with people's work schedules, it doesn't work out that way. But we will do a full walkthrough and see what does this property look like when all the lights are on. What's going on when just we're here talking about things? We'll get a history of everybody. And as uncomfortable as it is, I'm like, are you on psych meds? Do you have any trauma that I need to be aware of? Because all of that could play a part in it. Then we'll come in another night and we go what we call lights out. So we try to turn out all the power that we can. So all we have is our equipment. Look at that. It's a little, little K2. And then... Um, it takes us a few weeks because, like I said, we got to go through a lot of hours and we will come back and we will say not only, you know, here's what we think we found, but here's the evidence for you to keep. Now, based on your faith and what you've seen, what would you like us to do? And we'll come up with several options like we could leave, leave it alone and not do anything. We could do a full cleansing. We could call in somebody else for you to get a second opinion. We can reach out to religious sources. So we don't just say. Here's the one thing. Um, I will say, if you are going to call out a team, though, make sure that you do vet them and talk to anybody, hopefully, that they've worked with, that they can find somebody that will talk to you or get a reference. Because you will get people that like, yeah, I'm a ghost hunter. I can go out there and investigate your house. But sometimes they do things that leave your house worse than when you ask them to come out because they don't know what they're doing. They basically just went and got themselves a camera and a K2 and, and you know, a voice recorder. We, we and... kind of <laughs> categorize them as reality show wannabes because everybody wants a TV show these days, which I don't know why. Um, so that's that's the one thing that you want to be cautious with if you have people come out to look at your home or your property, things like that. Um, like she said, make sure that you if they have resource or not resources, references. references, thank you, uh, that you can look into. That's great. Um, but just, just watch their demeanor as well, too. That's one thing. I mean, you can usually tell 
off the bat if they're actually know what they're talking about or if they're just kind of shotgunning it and don't make sense on what it's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's one thing we tell people to kind of be cautious with if you do decide to approach a paranormal team or other investigative teams out there. So. Yes. Um, and then I just thought this was kind of funny. Um, things that they said don't, do not exist but came out to be true. Continental drift. They didn't believe that was real. Um, heliocentrism. This one I find really funny because the Bible says, that the earth goes around the sun, but for lots and lots of years, they believed that the sun was orbiting the earth. So I find that one really funny. And I think of, uh, as far as the Bible goes, Jesus was very on point. If he was like, why are you talking about that when that does not exist? That is not something for you to worry about. When they thought he was a ghost, he never corrected them that ghosts don't exist. So I always kind of keep that in mind. Germs. This one's a big one if for anybody that has any medical knowledge because there was this doctor who was like, you know, I think maybe we should be washing our hands and not going from a dead body to a lady in labor. And they wanted to basically say, you're a nut. We're going to kick you out of this or what, you know, that's stupid. He ended up saying just to his little residents that he was working with, this is what we're doing in our unit. We are going to start changing our scrubs. We're going to start washing our hands. You need to start wearing protective gear. We're going to do all of this. And guess what? He had less people dying. Oh, my gosh. And they thought that that was not real. Adams, um, up until a few years ago, I'd say the last 20, 30 years, time's gone by really fast for me. They believed that atoms were the smallest thing to exist, and now that's not true. So science is not always right, and I believe that we are actually starting to catch up with science. And I just wanted to show you guys something. This was actually on a news channel. This is the Hampton Court Ghost. What? No. Why is it unavailable? Let me see if I can get it here. I hope it does not do that for everything. interesting because they kept coming around the security going why are these doors open they finally put a camera up so i i love that one because that was actually on bbc news and there was no one inside that it was closed up at night and it was just the security trying to figure out why this was going on and then this is an evp from a house case in spanish fork Let me start that. 
Okay, so did you hear no pushing buttons? Yeah, that was not any of us. You hear the child laughing? That was, there was no, no children. children. This house was owned by a man, an older man, no children. Reportedly, though, a little girl had died on the stairs. She had fallen down. And there was a woman that was also caught hanging around. And we had put out our equipment, which had buttons on it. And so the no pushing buttons, we assumed, had to do with that. And then the little kid laughing. So that one was just, that would, that one we would call clear as day, class A EVP, if there were classes of it. And I don't know how you can deny, when you have stuff like that, how do you deny what what it is that you're experiencing? And EVP is, what does Electronic voice phenomenon. So There's also one for when you capture it on camera. So like if you have a video camera, but I can't think of the name of that one, but it's, it means the same thing, basically. Essentially, an EVP is something that you don't necessarily hear audibly. But when you go back to look at either evidence or listen to it, you you catch either a voice or a sound there. So you may not hear audibly when you're in that area to begin with. But when you come back and review the, the video or the recordings and hear maybe a response to a question or just like that, just a random child laughing when there's no child there, that's that's usually what we consider an mm -hmm. EVP. So. Then we have astronomical events. This will make your investigation increase. You, it's more likely you will have activity during a storm, full moons. Um, anybody who works in the medical field knows that there is something that happens with full moons where people just all of a sudden come out of the woodwork and become nutty. Same kind of phenomenon. Um, definitely eclipses, big asteroids, anything like that. And then there's Halloween. There's also the opposite of Halloween, April 30th. For whatever reason, this seems to be days that the veil, if you will, is kind of lifted a little bit more, and you can more easily experience stuff. So a lot of uh, ghost hunting going on right now this time of month, and things are are happening. Rain, that's always one where we're like, oh, tonight, especially when it's like, oh, tonight, not only do we have rain coming in it's also a full moon and there's going to be a lunar eclipse and it's halloween and yeah and things are as active as you can be <laughs> so you may be asking like where do i get started what should i do i think one of the best ways to get started is definitely cheapest you get to experience the different equipment without having to buy it and start getting out there and, and starting to get a feel for how to do it as well as the different techniques as public investigations and classes. Instead of you going and spending, let's say, this is the cheaper version of the SLS. Let's say for this right here, you spent $800. You can just go there and spend $20. So <laughs> I maybe would try that first. Then you can do it on your own, but I would recommend that one, you always have somebody with you because you don't want to put yourself in a dangerous situation, especially some people are more susceptible to 
having going into a trance or having something take over their body temporarily. And in that situation, you want to have somebody say, hey, you need to step aside and we need to, you know, throw some holy water on you and <laughs> do some stuff. Well, and there's the other side, too, of safety of, you know, if you fall and sprain your ankle or break your leg. Yeah, you, you are know, walking around in the dark. You know, it's the rule of two. That way you at least have somebody there that, one, can validate any type of experiences that you might be having. But, two, also make sure that you both return home safely from anything, really. Yes. So. And, and last of all... No, no matter what, you never do this in your own home. You, does anybody want to think as to why you would never do this in your home? That's one reason. Anybody else? What was that? <laughs> That's also a good reason. Well, what ends up happening is if you're always going, who's there, who's there, who's there? somebody's going to show up if you don't know what you're doing you've now increased the chances of you having activity that you did not have before so we get a lot of people that are like well I was at home and I played with the Ouija board um that never turns out good <laughs> so we get a lot of calls where we have to go in and do that um then you can either join or create a team First, this is lots of drama. Oh my gosh, there's so much drama yeah. in the paranormal field. It gets expensive when you have to start buying stuff. I think one of the things that sort of, as a team owner, I have found is they want me to buy all the equipment and I don't get that much money. And I can't, you know, afford to go buy a van for us to all go do that and have, you know, I don't have a TV show. That's not going to happen. So I'm like, basically, I need you guys to get some little tiny equipment, get the very first stuff of what we need. I need you to get an EVP recorder, a flashlight. If you can do that, you can use your phone for photos. <laughs> and if we can start there, that's great. And then maybe every year, every couple of years, start putting away $5 a month to buy something else. Um, we'll we'll kind of go through equipment with you, but that at least, that gets really hard when you have people like, well, I just want to go and I want to experience it. And I want to be on team so I can say I'm on a team. Well, no, you need to go to be non-public investigations because that's not helpful to me. So we have a few of our basic items. Um, do you want to get the dowsing rods? Yep. You want the on? No. No. So Not yet. These ones are actually kind of cool because they light up. And so if you're in a dark room, you can actually have interaction with them. These never work for me because <laughs> I don't know why, so I'll let her play with them. You guys do get these. You always want to make sure that they're go to center is what you say. And that's kind of center there. Show me yes. Go back to center. Isn't that across the streams? <laughs> yeah. Depending on the franchise, yes. And go to no. And yeah, they do use this for water. And back to center. And show me maybe. So for my maybe, I get one. Everybody who uses this, is going to have a different way for their yes, no, whatever, because it's working off of your body energy. Um, you want to try a question? No, I'm good. Anybody have a question <laughs> they want to try? It's got to be yes, no, or maybe. 
Oh, there it went. You're lying. Yeah. You, He's closed off. He'll say that he doesn't experience anything. <laughs> I'm on my team. My a lot of people who are on my team find me annoying slash hate me because any of the evidence that they think what they have has to come through me, and I'm I'm the team debunker. <laughs> I'll That's tell what you I, what he he tells me no a lot. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I've since I've done this, I've always been on the practical side, more science, kind of scientific, and I'm by no means a scientist by any means. Um, but if I can recreate that same type of, say, photo, or if I can recreate that same sound, it physically that could happen in the same place, I usually debunk it and say it was either old pipes, it was dust. This is where orbs that I absolutely hate people, you know, first getting into this, you know, they catch a picture and it's got three huge orbs in it and they're just freaking out. Oh my gosh, I got ghosts. And blah, blah, blah. Meanwhile, they're in an unfinished but, basement that's yes. full of dust or it's. One thing you have to take no, into account <laughs> is there an air duct right on top of you? What time of the year is it? Is it dust falling down that's catching the flash from your camera that's creating the orbs? I, I do a lot of that stuff. And if I can't figure out what it is, I'm not saying that it is paranormal, but we'll at least post it and let people judge for themselves. He's just—he's very good at trying to figure out the reason why that is, and if he can't, then it's plausible. I—I I believe in this stuff. Don't get me wrong. I believe in it because I've had my own personal experiences that have left me to believe. But as far as, yeah. For, for us to be credible or we want our team to look more credible, you know, I'm not going to post a hundred photos of an orb that we've taken and say that it's During a ghost. the rain. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's like right now we, I can see all the <laughs> particles right here. If I were to take a photo of that, that would be a lot of orbs. Another, and another. And you have to be like, oh, well, there is a light source. Another there. example that we had that was brought to us is we had somebody who was taking video with just their phone. It was at night and it's dark out. Of course, we were up on the on the, on the benches. Anyways, he's recording into a bush, and then in the background you can see the lights from the valley and all that stuff. And they bring it to us and like, oh, we got something moving in there. You can see it moving here. It's like, okay, let's think about this logically. One, you didn't have light on the camera to begin with. Two, it's windy outside, so that's going to cause a bush to sway back and forth. So there's your movement right there. On top of you have lighting behind it. That's going to show different angles and different things. I hate to tell you that, but you caught a twig swaying in the wind, you know, that kind of thing. So that's, that's the kind of stuff that I do. That's why I say people hate me a lot or get really irritated with me because I'm a, I'm a bubble burster for a lot of people. The, the nice thing too about these, if you don't want to spend over a hundred dollars, you can go get a couple wire hangers and some straws and wire cutters. Yeah, you can use tree sticks. You can make it yourself. So yeah. that's really easy. So why is it that some people can do that and other people don't? Again, it has to do with your energy that you're putting out to whether or not you can do it. So, Would you like to try them? Well, here's the thing. You know, I can't do it. Well, how can, do you I, know you can't do it? I've tried it with different things because <laughs> I've had my grandpa could take a piece of branch and hold it in his hand. Mm -hmm. And he'd be holding it so tight that it would twist the bark off in his hand, and it and still move. And he yeah. would say, "There's a water vein right here," uh -huh. and he'd dig it in, and there'd be a well there. Yeah. 
But I could walk over it a thousand times and not do nothing. So can, can you explain to me how some people can do it? And some people, I've seen a lady do it. I saw my grandpa do it. A lot of, a lot of that, the, that's a really good question. I don't know if we have a specific answer <laughs> no, we that will sound good. Um, like she said, a lot of it's going to run off of your own energy, but a lot of it too is going to run off of your, your own thought process. Is it actually real or is this just, like she said, pseudoscience? It's just a bunch of hooey. I don't know the specifics of why, but that, Translation between I believe this is going to work and just oh it may or may not work tends to have an effect on how those things work. Yeah. Pretty pretty much. One reason one reason I don't use yeah. these I don't know why it does it to me but. Do you want to show them how it does for you? Well they'll sit there and they'll start helicoptering on me so essentially well just like that they just go all over. Literally that. This is what they do for me. So this is why I don't use them. And even and when I ask, we all put out energy. So if we're putting out energy, it's yeah. going to react to your energy. So see, this is why I don't use them because I can't even ever give them. Right. I, I gotta try. All right, come on up. <laughs> more than welcome. To you. I hate to be a show. No, you're right. you're good. So what do you do? You just, hold you just hold it and you just ask it. Basically, you say go to center. Go center. You can be still and go to center. All right. Well, right about there. All right. Let's. Are you asking any questions? Not yet. Not yet. Okay. So let's just say that's your center. Show me yes. Back to center. Go back to center. <laughs> so come back to yes. Like your left arm. Well, and I know too you're kind of shaky and not that you can probably help that, but <laughs> it's a, you have to be kind of relaxed. Maybe this doesn't seem weird. I'm going to touch you for a second. Okay. All right. So go to center. What's it doing? I can't see. Okay. All right, show me yes. Nothing. All right, show me no. All right, why don't you say it? Show me no. Just centered. See, some people just have that. <laughs> Have that thing. <laughs> That's what gets me. I mean, is there, is but how do we? In a person, it, yeah. it's the energy and the belief in the person. 
And you know everybody, what? Everybody has a certain vibration or magnetic force. Yes, we are all energy. And, and, and we're all individuals in that type of force. We also live under a magnetic force between the poles. Mm -hmm. yep. And they found that side peaks, if they're in that magnetic pole, can tell somebody farther away than they can if they're against that pole. Yes. Yeah, see, he's got it. <laughs> he's more scientific <laughs> than me. Yes? Mm -hmm. On a personal level, is there like maybe, um, I was thinking about this because tomorrow would be my mother's birthday. And so so your answer is yes. <laughs> I don't even know what you're going to ask, but it's Stila. Yes. That, and then we got confirmation right there with the. <laughs> yeah, if there is something that happens where it, Right around that time, you'll start noticing things. Um, it could be smells. Maybe you're seeing their favorite insect, like a butterfly or something. Um, sometimes you just get overflooded with memories because they're just there with you and it comes to you. Uh, for me, I, I hear a lot inside my head, which nobody else does. Like I can hear my friend Nate like laughing sometimes or he'll just be like, <laughs> Like, I can't believe you just did that. <laughs> I get that a lot from him. Um, I've seen your friend, Tom, who passed away when we went to go see Ghostbusters. Yeah. I was just like, there's a guy standing over there. <laughs> um, I've been at his house and I've seen a shadow figure. Which this, this kind of validated something for me because as a kid, I always swore that I just saw something out of the corner of my eye and it was just a kind of a, a slender shadow of some kind. It never felt like it was. Menacing. Menacing or anything like that, but you would just see that out of the corner of your eye. And for years, I'm just like, eyes are playing tricks and all that stuff. And we were downstairs sitting on the couch and she's, and she, I had never told her about any of this beforehand. And she's looking at the stairs and then she looks back down. And I'm like, what's going on? She's like, oh, there's a, I just saw something move up there. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, for the last 20 some odd years of being in this house, I've seen that. So that validates something for me. So it, yeah. And yeah. Tom was, he was essentially my mentor when I got into this stuff. He taught me a lot of what I do know now. Um, he passed probably about five years back from cancer, unfortunately. But she, we were in a movie theater, and she's looking over, and she pretty much described him to a T. He was big, burly dude like myself, barrel-chested and whatnot, and she's never seen a picture of him or anything like that. She described him to a T as well. I'm like, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, again, it's your own opinions, but for the fact that she's describing, for my own personal sake, the fact that she's describing people or things that I've experienced that I've never told her about. Yeah, he was very hard to open up. <laughs> no. Yes, he was. And I um, I even had a dream one night where I was like, you came to my house, you had a dragon on this, there was a dragon on that, a dragon on this, and he goes, yeah, I, I collect dragons. Yeah. So I have that too, where I'll get weird dreams. Um, I had a friend who passed away in high school and a year to the day after she passed away, she came to me and she's just like, I just want you to know I'm okay. And I thought that's kind of weird. And I looked at the date and I was like, oh, like a year to the day, here she is to tell me she's okay. Um, my grandpa, when he passed away, 
he would see things and he would tell me, now, Sarah, you don't, you don't tell nobody about this because one time I saw something and I went to tell the preacher and he told me not to tell anybody because they think I was crazy. So it does run in my family. My mom sees things. I have a cousin that sees faces melting about two weeks before the person passes away, which that one's, I'm glad I don't have, I, that would be terrifying for me. Um, before Nate passed away, I had a really bad dream that he was going to die. My grandpa Cook before he passed away. Um, I got in the car, started driving to California because I was like, my grandma's going to die. And I got a call on the way there that she passed away. So I get weird intuitions like that. Um, so can I ask you, when did you start doing this? When you were very young? When I was very young and people would tell me it was my imagination or I was crazy or whatnot. And, and like I said, my grandpa, he, he experienced this. His family is the side that had the Indian lady on it. And uh, so I believe that it runs through that side of the family. And so he died. I, I had his favorite song was Holy, 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 if you know it. And when he was passing away, we brought him home. So he was in his bed and he kept looking up over here. And I looked up and there was a hole. And I heard what sounded like angels singing Holy, Holy, Holy. And everybody was like, what are you looking at? And he's like, nothing, nothing. I'm not looking at nothing. I was like, I know exactly what he's looking at. My cousin Cheryl was in there, and I heard a woman say, Cheryl. And I said, Cheryl, somebody just said your name. And everybody was like, that's really weird that you're having all these experiences. And I was like, well, I don't know what to tell you. But the really cool thing was the room, it was sort of like if you had a room that was full of gold, and you opened that door even though there was no light in there, you know how it would just shine as bright as it could for gold? That was how the room was shining when he was passing. And then about 12 hours later, I was in my bed sleeping, and I used to tell him, now, when you pass away, I want you to tell me that everything's okay. I want to know. And that night, he came to me, and he was going, and it woke me up, and I was like, Papa, is that you? And then he started laughing. But if you knew him, he was a prankster, and that's the kind of stuff he would do. He was kind of mean that way. But we all loved him to death because of that, how he was. Uh, my mom went out to the grave site and said, I want to know why you've never come to visit me. And she was on a bed that was, you know, her head was over there. There was a dresser here. And on the dresser was an angel. And at 2 a.m., the angel came and hit her on the head. And from then on, she's like, I'm never asking again because that scared me. <laughs> so, so, yeah, we have those kinds of experiences. Before I turn these off, did anybody else want to try them? You can also ask, like, if you are um, wanting to find out an age of a kid or something, you can also ask, like, what what age are you? And they'll click together the number of times. So if they're six years old, get six. Yeah, you just hold it. You want to make sure that they're not too touchy-touchy because you do want them to swing on top of each other. Yeah, that's perfect. All right, so we're going to have to go to Spencer. Center there. <laughs> yeah, show me my center. Show me my center. Okay. Show me, yes. Do they need to be like gloved or something? Um, I would just say that you just want to be comfortable and relaxed. All right. I already got the helicopter going. Yeah, that's exactly what does. That's why I don't use them myself. Because I have that same reaction. Show me center. 
And you can also ask, show me the person that's got, um, that you like the most or whatever. And when they point like that, that's usually going to point to a person that's in the room. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Not that you asked that question, but thank you. Um, so yeah, you, you can do some fun things with them. Now, of course, you know, this isn't going to prove anything, but they're still fun to use. Let me turn these off. Um, this one's really cheap. It's a cat ball. It's a motion censored cat ball. I have, this is the only thing in my house that I leave on at all times, and I have it on across from my bed. And so in the middle of the night or whenever, it'll just start flashing. And I'm just like, well, hi. <laughs> um, and it doesn't do it all the time. You can walk by it. You can jump trying to get the motion to go off, and it won't go. Uh, the hard part about these, though, is you buy them and you're in a space, and then all of a sudden somebody kicks it somewhere and you never see it again. So... Yeah, that's a downside, but it is really fun when you're in the dark because it lights up. You can put it inside of a closet where they're getting activity and just hang out in a room not saying anything, and then all of a sudden it goes off, and that's when it's sort of like the same with that light. It'll just go off, and it's really fun and the, just the, to have. The thought process behind them is that it's a sensitive enough piece of something that if there is a spirit that can manipulate movement of an object or something like that, it doesn't take much energy. So therefore, if it moves, the lights will go off. It's just more of an interactive kind of device. Is it scientific? No, not really. But it helps us when we're piecing everything together between evidence that we might have caught people's experiences and everything into the sum of the whole of what we're doing. It can help with that. So. So this right here is a laser grid. <laughs> And what we do with these, and it's probably going to die here soon, um, but what we'll do with these is set them in an area that may be known to have movement, like people will see shadows moving yeah, in areas. Yeah, so you'll or... literally see. So what it does is <laughs> pretty prime example is if something breaks the beam across there, and we usually have cameras recording on these or at least somebody watching these, and if you see movement across there, you know, where it knocks out some of the lasers there, it sometimes helps us with, hey, there's a shadow there, or it helps validate people's experiences saying they see movement there all the time or this thing at this time of the day. Some of it is, you know, repetitive movement that they say they see. Um, we kind of consider that like a uh, tape recording that just plays over and over and over again. Um, so, yeah, again, it's just another tool to kind of help validate people's experiences. Um, We've had that happen before where it will catch motion to where you'll see, you know, say like a figure walk across the hallway or and something like that. And it's not always real. Like if I stand here, you can see that's like a person. Yeah. But sometimes it's not even as large as that. It's just like. Another, another time too is it may not completely cut the laser completely out, but it may dim some of the area. So it, it allows us to catch hopefully motion that's going on in that area. We always want a flashlight. We're walking in the dark. That's just smart. <laughs> um, let's see, the rim pod, we have one of these over here. You want to tell them how this one works? Oh, let's see if I remember how this one goes. <laughs> the way this is set up is it has a static meter that's built into it. And again, 
a lot of most of what these tools are built off of is sensing electrical fields. So this one right here, of course, is going crazy because we have an SLS and batteries all over it. So there's energy there. But then it will also pick up, you know, the electrical field that my body puts off because energy is constant. No matter where you are, in what form, it's constant. So the static meter is sensitive enough to know that the field is getting stronger next to it and not. So this is another way that we have something that a spirit can interact with us. Although we've had these go completely haywire for no reason. There's also a temperature gauge on it as well, too. Which we keep turned off. Right. Um, and temperature uh, fluctuations is just kind of another theory that a spirit can pull energy out of the air to make itself known. So it's going to create the uh, air to become colder in that spot. So if you're feeling cold spots and maybe a, you know, it's 90 degrees outside and you're in a building and all of a sudden it's like 60 degrees in a room could be that or it could be just a really good draft too as well again this is all pseudoscience to an extent but it's and we do have, i do have a temperature gun that they would use like if for example living in alaska we had somebody kept saying well, my house is really cold and my apartment's cold we're like well we don't know why it says 70 it says it's working and then we had um an infrared heat signature gun a thermal, thermal gun. gun and we found out that the whole entire insulation behind their wall was actually ate away. So yeah, of course their house was cold, but that seems to be work better than this because this just goes off and they'll continue to go off yeah. and it's very, of That's course it. the house is getting colder at night. Yeah. So that doesn't make much sense there. Oh, sure. You've noticed it flicker a couple of times too, huh? Yeah, yeah I've seen that three or four times tonight. This one or that one? This one over here. I, I almost put it in over here, but I didn't know. And it's kind of nice that it at least has a sound. So if you just hear it, it's great. Hopefully that will go So another device that we use, the Tascam, is it's essentially a very sensitive voice recorder. It has two omnidirectional mics that are built into it so that it records the sound from a 360 degree all the way around. This this thing will record somebody's fart from about two rooms over, and even if you're trying to keep it quiet. <laughs> so it, it literally catches everything, or if you know, somebody's stomach rumbles or growling, it picks that stuff up. So it's very sensitive. Of <laughs> yeah, and I mean, you can have the regular ones like this, but it's not going to be as good as the Tascam. The Tascam's great. Yeah, and we're we're not saying if you want to try and do this to go out and necessarily buy that because the Tascam runs a hundred to hundred and twenty bucks. Yeah, it used to be find. like seventy, and now they're so pricey. <laughs> I wouldn't say if you're trying to wanting to start out trying to do this stuff, I wouldn't recommend jump right into that. Just a, a normal digital recorder is a good way to start. Even the voice memo recorder on a phone works as well. I've caught EVPs that way too. Um, so yeah, just a tidbit of info yeah. on that. Um, hopefully you can see that. I don't know. We might need the lights on, but pendulums, this works just the same as a dowsing rod, but you have to have a really, really still arm because obviously if you're moving, it's going to do this. We've even seen people with the dowsing rods that are like, look at them moving. And you're like, um, no, <laughs> but it works the same way where you can, you know, show me yes, show me no, all of that. 
Yeah, um, you can do it that way. We will do, the main thing we use it for is portal detection. So you can go to somebody's house and say, you walk it, you take a few steps. You get nothing. Take a few steps, you get nothing. But if you get it and it's going circular one way, you're like, oh, well, no wonder you're having a highway come through a ghost. So then you want to, you can use, you use your energy and you can actually close it. And then when you go through again and you have somebody check it, they're not going to get it. Uh, this is just a body cam. It's really hard to see. But this is about 50 to $60. And it's just great for a backup camera because you can have it with you. The downside is, is that the IR light on it only records, you know, probably around the diameter of the table. <laughs> so you're not going to get a very strong thing with it unless you have a big IR light. Um, a, a big question that we get asked a lot by people is, why do you do this stuff all at nighttime and not during the day? The best answer that I have for them is with cameras and things like that, there's less obstacles in dealing with recording during the day where if you are seeing reflections time and time again could be cars just passing things like that at least with it being dark you are able to notice anomalies on your footage a lot easier whether it's physical or paranormal or anything like that um, that's usually why we do it but nothing says that you can't go investigate a place during the day because i've had people who have caught things on video when it's you know noon um, but a lot of stuff that we do with the, the IR lights, which is infrared, is on a light spectrum that we're not seeing physically with our eyes, but is still able to catch motion, light, that kind of thing as well. So it's, it's easier for us to pick up evidence or anomalies, that kind of thing on video as well. So. Um, this is a thermal gun, and this one we will use, let's see if I can get Ryan here. So he's hot, he's red and orange. Um, so we'll get all of a sudden where you can see that, and if you're in a room where there's nothing and you get a face on it, you can actually click it and it will take a photo. And you can switch back and forth to actually seeing it as you would just looking at it so it's not in this view frame or those are also really helpful too if you're doing a walkthrough of a property and people experience like cold breezes coming through things like that that'll actually show you if you have a window that's drafty or a door that's not sealing shut all the way and it's letting colder air come through it'll actually show the temperature difference between the wall and the door itself so that's another way to use it as well too is to help locate possible areas that are physically causing experiences for people. There's there's a great SNL sketch, uh, sketch. I wish I put it on here. It's got you, Lori, who played House, and they're doing the English version of Ghost Hunters, and somebody has one of one of these guns, and they're, they're watching him, and he farts. And they're like, oh, I smell sulfur, I smell sulfur. Watch back on the IR light, and you can see this puff. And they're like, oh, look, it manifested itself. And he's just like, no, no, that's, we just need to move on. Like, so, and everybody, they're, oh, yes, I smell it too. And it's just so funny, but that's, that's what I think of when I see this one. Cause yeah, you'll, you'll see stuff like that. And we, we always make a good joke about farts during our thing because we'll be like, hey, if you fart, 
just go ahead and tell us you farted because we don't want to assume that it's a ghost or we will hear it on the task cam. So please just tell us. Um, then, of course, we have our handheld, which we can hook up to a tripod and the IR light. So uh, then this one, if I can get it. This one is an SLS. See if I can get Ryan. It's kind of kooky. So this, the concept behind this actually, I don't know who thought up of this idea, but it uses an Xbox 360 Kinect sensor, which tracks motion for some of their games that they have. The way that they use the software, it can, it will map objects in light or darkness right now. So if it's probably seeing my arm move out like this, it's probably showing that it's tracing a theory behind it is, is that if a spirit is putting off enough energy that the sensor may pick it up. Uh, downside to it is, is that it will sometimes, if you have it just sitting in a room when it's dark, it will start mapping the furniture there and make it look like it's humanoid. Um, we had that happen once at, at Benson Grist Mill where they had a, uh, it yeah, was so kind of a dollhouse model of the mill inside and we have that pointing towards it. And it mapped out the the dollhouse in the shape of a person. And everybody's like, "Oh, there's somebody standing there, standing there." So we went physically went over and looked at it, and it was mapping the corners of the house and then creating a figure out of it, so to speak. So. And if you guys want to look at this one, it's really delicate, and it's the most expensive piece I have. <laughs> so if you want to look at this, just come up after, and we'll we'll help you to kind of see how it works. Um, but yeah, it's funny. We'll get. Sometimes you'll get like a little ghost and it'll be like humping and we, we just laugh when it does stuff like that because it's stupid. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah. I had a friend that died and that entire night my animal was going crazy and I, I knew who it was. I knew why they were visiting. Um, Ryan actually stayed the night a few weeks later and we were home alone and we heard and there was no way to explain what it was yeah, and was he, he even saw him afterwards yeah it was rolled over and I looked and there's this tall shadow I didn't feel it being menacing or anything but I don't normally see stuff like that myself but it, you could just feel something standing right where the doorway was and it was yeah interesting to say the least <laughs> What's really scary is when you get a dog that goes into um, a diabetes, like their sugars are too high or too low because they can actually hallucinate and you'll hear them yelping and everything. And that one's not a fun one. But yeah, I've, I've had lots of experiences. I've had experiences um, when I moved to Alaska, I was asleep by myself. And I felt what I assumed was my dog. And I was like, hey, Sparky, settle down. You know, stop stop moving around on the bed. And then I, wide awake, I was just like, wait a second. My dog's in Utah. Um, what? What? <laughs> just hold on. What? <laughs> so I'm going to disconnect this just for a second. So this, we turn the radio off.
And this is the Phasma box. So, hello? Is there anyone here who wants to communicate? Interview. You guys are welcome to ask a question if you want to. We do use this a lot in investigating, and this is actually the one that we got where it came through and said, Orville, it's time to go. This was on. Does it give you names? Sometimes. One time we were at where there was a lot of little children, and so we were like, well, you know, what do you do with little kids? Tell me, make the sound of your favorite animal. And it was like, boink. Or roar, and so we had a really fun time with that. Ryan, do you want to explain how this one works? So this one, this is kind of what I talked about earlier. It it runs off of a couple of different things. So you can have the radio frequencies on so it would run through the am and fm bands um, there's another piece of equipment out there that a lot of ghost hunters use that's called an sb7 which is a it's a modified handheld radio that scans through radio uh, stations quickly and the theory behind that is is that it can be manipulated to answer a question or ask a question or give you some type of information. This one has that capability, but another thing that it has built into it is a phonetic word generator. So it can actually manipulate supposedly to the right words and whatnot. And what it's doing right now, I'm not really sure. Uh, the metallic sounds, I haven't quite figured that part out why it does that a lot. Um, we'll get sometimes too, like if we go into an abandoned church where they used to have an organ, you'll have an organ come through. Yeah. So we'll get music sometimes. And that's just a quick sample of yeah. that. Well, won't waste your time because I know it's running late. Oh, that was here? Uh-huh. Yeah. So the, it runs off of uh, a Windows. There's a couple of different ones out there. This one that we use specifically runs off of the Windows program on a computer, yeah. which is actually a little bit more secure than the app style ones because you'll have, uh, oh, what's the one? Sometimes the phone app will be listening. So when right. you're talking about something, it'll repeat it back to you. And you're like, oh, yeah. oh, I heard it. And you're like, wait a this, second. That's... This way, like how she disconnected it from the internet. Technically, there's no physical connection to any Wi-Fi source that could possibly like interact with it to cause it to say something else. Um, there's oh, the going off. I might have accidentally bumped oh. the chair though. Um, but some of the apps as well that we use too, you know, we tell people turn the phone on to airplane mode so it's not putting out an LT signal or an L, yeah, 3G signal, anything like that. Um, 
Anyways, that's that's kind of it in a nutshell. <laughs> I don't know if that was a great so explanation. I want to kind of just show you guys some of the evidence we've caught and show you what good versus bad evidence is. And these aren't all the greatest, but we just want to make sure. Oh, great. Now, how do I get back on there? Just right. come down to your lower. Will right. that work? No, that's not what I want. I'm not good with computers. Okay, go down to your lower right. Where? See the cloud that has a slash. I it. tried that. It's funny watching him point at the screen. <laughs> I'm sitting here wanting to move it. Or sorry, I, go, I know, I want. Going go on over the globe. The Look globe? Oh. <laughs> right there. Thank turn you. Turn your Wi-Fi back on. <laughs> it's not the city. Oh, there it is. Thank you. Connect. There we go. That back out. Okay. So somebody submitted this. They said they think that it's something. I don't see any before or after photos. I can't tell if it's a deer. What's go it's so far away. This is not good evidence. If somebody showed this to me, I'd be like, I'm sorry, I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> that that could be, it could be a street sign a couple streets over that the light from a car is hitting at just the right angle. It could be a bug crossing the lens or in front of the camera as it's going off. It also looks like it was, the camera was in motion when it was taken because there's a little bit of blood. Could be. Could be that too. You never know. But again, this is something where it's like, is it or isn't it? I laugh at this. So this is one that Ryan was like, no, Sarah, no, because I was pretty sure that um, right here that there was something staring at me. <laughs> but he's like, no, that's a leaf. <laughs> so this is not good evidence. This this would play into kind of what we talked about earlier about matrixing in photos and things like that. Uh, most human brains try to make sense of what they're looking at. And with something like that, with you wanting to find a ghost, you're going to be looking for facial patterns, that kind of thing. So, I mean, if you stare at it long enough, you can create two eyes, a nose, a mouth, you know, a body Bigfoot. outline. Yeah. Bigfoot as well. And then yeah. you'll get people that are like, and they zoom in as far as it see. Yeah. There it is. See it? <laughs> so... Uh, the Whaley House, this is actually a government-deemed haunted house. If somebody just sent that to me, they'd say, look at that ghost in that photo. I didn't have somebody there before or after it. Well, that's because somebody moved into my line of view when I was taking the photo. So sometimes it's just simple things like that. Um, one thing that is cool is I went in here and they said, we had a child die. Do you, does anybody know why she died? And automatically I was like, rat poison. And I thought that was really weird. And the tourist was like, yeah, you're right. There was, at the time, they had these little cookies that they were for rats, and they would put them under things. And a little four-year-old thought it was a cookie, and she ate it and died, which was really sad. That's a really cool one, though, in San Diego that you can go check out. And then these are some ones that we have that are actually real. I'll start down here. So this is Benson Grist Mill. So the story behind this photo, it was me and Mary, Mary's arm length away. We took practically the same photo. I had something in mind. She had nothing in hers. 
this is one of those ones where we do have to zoom in. So a little bit closer. What is that? Oh, look, it's a man standing there. Now, when we do Benson Gristmill, everything's locked. We have to go unlock it because we go after closing. And when they went into the building, there is a mannequin. However, it was not the mannequin. They saw a full apparition. And then they were able to identify later that it was the owner of the mill based on what they remember seeing and a picture of him later. So, yeah, you can see it's like hands up, kind of like a suit thing and a face. And there was nothing up there on this top level. This one is actually from my house, and there's a story behind it. <laughs> um, so this back corner right here where you're looking at is under the stairs. There's nothing back there. Um, the light was over here on the left, and then there's a red chair right here. My brother was just like, I need a chair. He went to the DI and got used furniture. They left and said, would you just, you know, go hang out in our room and see what it is you pick up? And I was like, something feels really weird. I'm going to take a photo. Zoomed in, and I was like, well, that, that still doesn't look right. What is that orb? Zoomed in again. That's unedited. That is what that orb is. Um, I see two eyes and a person with a beard smoking a pipe. We kept smelling tobacco around the house, and everybody was blaming each other, like, are you smoking? Who's smoking? And my brother was also getting very angry at the time. He was starting to feel those emotions. Uh, he is an artist, so he drew a rendering of what he saw versus that. So sometimes it's fun to have an artist on your side. He also did our logo, which is really cool. If you guys just looked at it, it has a portal and Bigfoot and everything in it. So we did return the chair the very next day, by the way. <laughs> and did it go away? Yeah. Didn't have any more issues after that. No more smoke. No more smoke smell. No more anything. This one is from Great Cliff Lodge. It is a video. Let's see if I can make it big. Why is the sound always off on this? And we we debunked the heck out of this thing. We spent dang near probably an hour we bouncing in front there, of it, yeah. walking in front of it, anything to see if it was just. That's and that's what we saw after we actually got the video onto a computer to look at it. But we anything that we can think of to do to make that pop open, it would not pop. It's solid. It doesn't shake. There's no plate in the latch whatsoever. 
I mean, it's a, it's an antique ice chest. So everything still seals up really tight on it. And that thing just, it pops right open and swings open. It's. And the kicker is, as we were out there with several of us out there from different teams and they were like, we've never seen this done. The only difference we had was we had two nine-year-olds there this night and the children's spirits were kind of active. And so, oh, did you guys hear the, the rim, rim pod? And the K2 is going off too. That, is there somebody there? Is it just moving? Or is that on here? I can't tell. Might be on this. Might be yeah. on there. Okay. So, yeah, that's – we've tried to debunk that as best we could. We cannot figure it out. And it had done that two times prior to us actually having a camera on it. So it did it three times that night. And we had a cameo from Jared. I don't know where he's at now. Oh, there he is. Jared was on that video. You were there. What do you think? I was standing right there. I don't care what the play inside is about. <laughs> so where is the great clip? It's no longer there. They've retired and sold it. But it's, yeah, in Og Ogden Canyon. One of my best friends in high school, Steve Smith, he ran up here. His dad had a camp. And then he just retired and sold it. And he told me back then that there was ghosts. Yeah, one of the craziest things I've ever done is we, we did, you were there for that one too, where we did the headphones and the mask. And yeah, because I borrowed your headphones. <laughs> but basically you are completely blind, you can't hear anything, and then people are asking questions. And then you're talking about what it is you experience. And I just, all of a sudden, I was like, I felt so overwhelmed because all of these spirits just came forward. And you guys had just asked. Everyone's sitting like in the middle. Mm -hmm. like, yeah. Everyone's sitting around the area. Like, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. And, and I was just like, I feel overwhelmed. And I said, then there's a pervert ghost here. And they're like, yeah, there is a pervert ghost here. And I was like, I don't like that ghost. <laughs> there's always a pervert ghost. Um, personal real life experiences. I'll let you talk. <laughs> oh, geez. Um, well, so as you have like maybe your top two or three. My top two or three. My, the best one that I have, and I, I wish I would have sent her the video. I don't have it right now. Um, the best one that I had was where I used to work, um, was a furniture store and upstairs in their attic, they had a mannequin up there that years ago they would use to help put display furniture and other things like that. Well, the day, the day before I had set my camera up there, <clears throat> there were a couple of the guys up there moving some product around and we had these huge, uh, carts that they would put like carpet rolls on and things like that and move to move product back and forth with. And one of them just went shooting across the floor. I wasn't there for that myself. So I, you know, took them on their word. So we set up, a camera, a night vision camera in that same area that they experienced the cart. And we were trying to get it to interact that way. Um, but that old mannequin was there as well. And in the video, you see me walk right in front of it. And I have a, uh, one of the K2s, which is this, uh, to see if there was a high electrical field or anything like that. There was nothing. And you hear me make the comment of, well, this is pretty dead. There's not much going on. And then out of blue, and I have it on video. <laughs> The, the, uh, mannequin 
spins 90 degrees this way right next to me like somebody had thrown it went over checked it no fishing line no nothing tied to it nobody could have pulled a prank on me that's probably the best like object that I've ever had moved before that has happened to me. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't faint either. It was like a full. No, it it rocked back and forth when yeah. it came to a stop. It rocked back and forth. What it was, I don't know. I mean, there's always stories of ghosts in warehouses and whatnot, but it was very intense. It had me had my adrenaline going, and that doesn't happen a whole lot. So that's probably my best experience that I've ever had. All right. Um, let's see. What have I not talked about yet? Okay. Um, when I first moved to Alaska and got my first apartment, uh, it was in an old brothel. And the brothel had originally kind of burnt down during this big fire they had in Fairbanks. And so that whole area was just kind of weird. But my specific apartment was on top of a Thai restaurant. And they had taken all of these little tiny where you could tell they just basically had a twin bed in there and then another twin bed and another twin bed. So there were separate areas and you had different energies based on where you put your bed. And one night I woke up and I saw this terrifying lady and I was like, okay, the bed needs to move. Um, another night I woke up and the guy was standing in front of me was wearing old, like 1970s furs. Like, I don't know how else to describe it. Just he looked very 1970s-ish to me. And he was like, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to bother you. I just wanted to see who moved in. My name's Arnold. You can go back to sleep. And I thought that was really weird. And I found out you could go to the local library and you can look up the census. You can look up your house number and everything and see the past history of that place. And I went, and sure enough, in the building, there was a man named Arnold Pendergrast who had lived and died in that time. So that one was very cool to me. Do you have any others? Not really. I mean, we could go on and on, but we've, we've told quite a few throughout tonight. And basically, if you want to contact us, I have uh, cards up here. Like I said, we do house cases for free. Businesses will do for free. And we do have events. Uh, we have a Facebook page. If you want to go to Facebook, that's it. Or if you want to email us, you can come get one of the business cards and do that. And then other than that, if you have any questions, and ans we'll answer them. And that's, that's it. Have you noticed people that carry spirits with them and not actually that happen? Yes. And, and when we do, it's usually, um, we just had a house case, for example, where they're like, our house is haunted, our house is haunted. Well, no, the guy was an alcoholic, and he had brought a lot onto himself, and he was just carrying it with him. And we're like, as soon as you start cleaning up your act, things are going to get better. But until you do that, this is going to be an issue. And you'll see that a lot with people. Ooh, right. You'll see that a lot with people where if they have certain addictions, they'll carry those spirits with them. Did you have a question? Oh, uh, just a little no. I didn't believe in ghosts until I had a house in Adamant. And uh, he was sitting in the living room, and you'd see like an old man come to the window from the door. And it was, it was another time you'd sit there and you'd see a, 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 like a 12 searcher go and go through this door. And then you could be in the door of the kitchen. You could be in the kitchen. All of a sudden, you'd see something go into the pantry. Yeah. And then you, and my 
talked about it. one night. I never said I never said anything about it. Going, and he was there, and my wife got up and it walked through her, and she said, "I can smell it." Oh. And then that was also my son's room, and he would tell us that a, a, a girl came and told him it was okay. Yeah. But when I was remodeling, I moved. I was taking that pantry out, and there was a door behind it. Oh, wow. So seeing that kind of validated that entry. After that, I asked the neighbor, and she says, well, the gal over here knows all about that house. She was in her 90s. I went down to her and she says, yeah, there was a young girl that died in there, the interstate, and an older man died in there. And that was after we'd seen it. Hmm. That was after and we ever talked about it. They never would burn for anything else. They just keep going through the pantry. Yeah. Yeah, and there are different kinds of hauntings. So you can get what we call um, intelligent haunting, where they will talk back. Or like Ryan said, it's uh, residual, residual, where it's just yeah. like it's on a record player, and it just keeps going over and over and over again. So, And sometimes, sometimes you can get, for example, laughter of a child, but that child, it's just that energy remained, and they're still alive, and now they're in their 50s. So you, you can have things like that happen as well. My son was talking about the girl that came across. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my mom didn't believe me. I told her we were in Scotland, and I said, uh, there's a little girl named Elizabeth. She kept me up all night. And my mom's like, oh, okay, yeah, whatever. And the next night we were on the ghost tour, which they don't tell you anything about this ghost while you're there. You have to go on the ghost tour. And they said, yeah, our resident ghost Elizabeth. And then we looked up. We were with a group of about ten people. And my mom and I saw her. Nobody else in the group did, even though we were all, like, right there in that window. There was only one window. Like, no, we don't see anything. So after that, she started believing that I could see stuff. But I never talked about it. She never talked about it until one time we both talked about the same thing. We both had seen it, but we never talked about it before. Yeah. So I thought that was Well, thanks for letting us talk to you guys tonight for sitting in the dark listening to yeah. us. Thank you very much. I just have one question. Of course. First, I know everybody goes sleep better tonight, right? <laughs> just remember, as long as you say you can't come home with me, you got to stay here. You're usually fine. You're out by a, a hanging tree. You see red eyes out in the night and stuff walking around, and you stayed? Yeah, I, well, took, well, I took my Ambien, and I I'll went to bed. Miles and miles away. That thought did cross my mind, I won't uh, lie. Well, my... I figure it's a, a macho thing. You're not going to be the first to leave. No. I, I, ha- I have credibility I have to keep to an you extent. Got so. Take some.